So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Hello and welcome to the Quarter Portion Podcast, the only Star Wars podcast that doesn't ask the question until a thing is done. I am Chris DeHoog and I'm joined as always by my co-pilot, Patrick Fletcher. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Lots of things to talk about. Lots of topics. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. We're in a bit of a weird moment right now. Like It's so long until the next major film. We've got like one small TV project going on right now. Lots of stuff in the pipes in the future, but at the moment there's not a lot of new stuff going on. Recently, Bob Iger kind of took the blame for Solo's so-called flop. I think it still did pretty damn well, considering what it was up against. What it was up against. I, th- I don't see the big deal about everyone hacking on that movie. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was fun. It was a good Star Wars movie. Had the feel of the originals. Yeah, I don't see the big deal. I don't see why, because this film only made, what, $400 million? Yeah. That this is like a disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster because you picked the wrong directors to begin with. You know what I mean? If you want to blame anybody, you should be... I mean, well, Iger said it was his fault, but I don't think it's about um, necessarily putting the uh, the movie out later. The timing I mean, was a big factor. Like, if it was up against... The directing, though, too. I mean, like, that movie was probably almost... What did they say? 75% made? When they had, yeah. to, had to literally gut it? The reports vary. I don't know. We'll never really have a straight story on that, I think. I know it was pretty close to wrapping up. They were they like, were in production for a long time for yeah yeah so considering that I think Howard did a pretty damn good job man mm-hmm. I don't know how much of the original story was there or how many scenes because you got to think that there's some scenes that were filmed by Lord Miller that are still in the film there has to be there's yeah. no way they reshot the entire thing the bonus features were kind of lacking in that department obviously they weren't going to get into that too much it would have been brave of them to do <clears throat> something on it yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's hard to say. Like I said, we'll never really know. Or maybe in 10 years we'll find out when someone does, like, an expose book or something. That would be cool. Yeah. I'd like to know what happens. That's a story I definitely want to know more about. But Yeah. Yeah, things are a bit slower right now uh, in terms of what's coming out right now. Resistance, Star Wars Resistance is out. Yeah. You've not had a chance to watch it. No. I have a hard time getting into cartoons unless they're really, really good. And that doesn't make me a good Star Wars fan. But I'm not saying it's not good. Mm-hmm. But like Clone Wars and Rebels, like I mean, I loved those shows. This one seems—it's a kids' show, right? Like yeah, an actual kids' show. In the same way that Rebels was, right? Yeah, I've, I've been watching it. I've actually been watching it with my daughter, who was three years old, and it's kind of a weird. It's 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 weird in that the first episode she got bored halfway through, yeah, because there was commercials that we had to fast forward through, right? And she's not used to that in, in this age of Netflix and. What not. Yeah, that's a good... I never really thought about that. Kids have uh, less patience these days because they don't have to sit through commercials. Yeah, absolutely. And even me as a parent, I'm like, oh, God damn it, there's <laughs> commercials in this i got to fast forward through. Can't let them play or she'll get ideas about toys she wants to buy. But anyways, I'm watching with my daughter and she <laughs> she's into it now. It was a bit of a hard sell, but then now she wants to watch the BB-8 show. Um, oh. Force of Destiny is Ray. Wants to watch Ray. Maybe that's the one I was thinking of. Maybe it was that. That was that was the show I'm thinking of. Not resistant. Yeah, it's it's not quite as light and kitty as Force of Destiny was, um, and it's it's gonna fill a very important role in the timeline because it starts about six months before Force Awakens. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, yeah, the first episode or slash two episodes because it was like a one hour premiere was very much lighter comedic feel to it, uh, but I think there's a lot of potential for it to go into some dark corners. Especially since, you know, you have the potential for Kylo Ren to show up, potentially. Yeah. Um, you can do a lot of things with Phasma, who's already made an appearance. We know Gwendolyn Christie's going to be on the show, so... Yeah, it's starting out light, but then so did, so did Rebels. Rebels started out with the whole street rat thing with Ezra. Yeah. Um, I would say this seems a bit lighter <clears throat> than Rebels did. And Rebels ended on a pretty good note, too. Yeah, Rebels took us to a lot of dark places and a lot of important places in the canon as well. Yeah. So... And, and to think about it too, like this is taking place when before the First Order is really a thing. People don't really believe that they're out there, or yeah. they're at least turning a blind eye to it. A lot of themes that were common in Bloodline have been taken a bit further, and that the First Order is like a known thing now, where it wasn't in Bloodline. But you know, it's still relatively a time of peace in the galaxy, so people are going to turn a blind eye to it. There's analogs for that in the real world right now. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would. Probably not missing out too on too much right now, if you're not watching it week to week like I've started doing. 
And with uh, those shows, I am the kind of person that usually waits a couple of years, and then I'll binge a bit of it. Yeah, like I, I did this. I did the same <clears throat> Rebels. I missed it until season two was ending. That's why I never bought comics. I'd always buy trades. Yes, same. You know, I can't sit there and read ten pages of something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's you have to give me more. Yeah. Yeah, I stopped doing it. Well, similarly for the ads, I was sick of turning <clears throat> past the kids' products. Yeah, all the advertising for kids' toys and things. Much like I'm tired of fast forwarding through commercials on the TV shows. So. Netflix changed the game on that. It's awesome. So speaking of that, just off topic for a minute, uh, what's the news on Disney's streaming service? Yeah. So since we've um, in the last few weeks, we haven't really talked in a while. It's been a while since our last episode. Yeah. But uh, since then, we've got the first details on the new. Disney streaming service TV show, which we now have a title for, The Mandalorian, written by Jon Favreau. Iron Man. Uh, yeah, incredible pedigree in Hollywood. He's done a lot of... He's got a history with Marvel, too. Yeah, with Marvel, with Disney as a whole now, too. He's also yeah. working on The Lion King. The Lion King, right. right he did now. The Jungle Book. He did The Jungle Book um, live action. Well, yeah. not live action. It was animated, but the animated Jungle Book. Yeah, like Favreau's Instagram feed is... Like he's he's dropping little tidbits from Mandalorian set, but then the other day it was like, here's this obscure reference from Empire Strikes Back that that's in the Mandalorian. Next picture is like him and Seth Rogen and Donald Glover and Billy Eichner from voice recording sessions on The Lion King. Really? Back to the Mandalorian set where he's having a drink with George freaking Lucas himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he's working on these two things simultaneously because he's, he's writing and executive producing it. Um, as well. The show, yes. The show. Yeah, he's the show runner on this. It's his brainchild. He kicked off the MCU. Yeah, we literally owe, we owe like, the MCU yeah. to him. Yeah, sure. he he kicked it off. He set the tone for the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who better to headline your first TV show? Yeah. This is a TV show? It's like a layup. <laughs> like this that he'll kill it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Think of the movies that he's he's come out with. So yeah, I'm I'm totally down with Favreau. Yeah, and hearing him hearing some of the things mentioned in other interviews and whatnot, it sounds like this is basically born from his college Star Wars RPG games or something oh, like that. Oh, you're kidding! Like I'm even more canon. interested now. But he's apl- <laughs> he's applied it to the current state of canon as well. I'll, uh, I'll read the actual description. Well, it takes there. place between... We, we're finally getting that... I think it was Harloff that said it. We're finally getting something in that vein, like between Return of the Jedi and um, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Like besides a book. I believe it's seven years, I think, from the Battle of Yavin. Seven years after? After Yavin. That's a so great after, time to start. After New Hope. Because you still got, what, 23 years before The, the Last Jedi? Or before uh, Force um, Awakens? Yeah, so it's... It's like 30 years, isn't it? Wait, hold on here. I'm just trying to do the math in my head. <laughs> so after the Battle of Yavin, that's seven years. So that's three years after the, yeah, three years after the end of Jedi. So it's Jedi three years later. The oh, that's how they're doing it. Three years after the Battle of Yavin, yeah. Yeah, so cool. it's after New Hope. That's how they always, you know what, it makes sense to these, yeah. But then yeah. Force Awakens is 30 years after <clears throat> Jedi. Yeah. So this is technically. It's like 35 years. 27 years before Force Awakens. Okay, wow. Um, which makes this... So basically, in canon right now, you've got Return of the Jedi, uh, the comic Shattered Empire, the Aftermath, Aftermath Trilogy. Aftermath Trilogy. Um, and, then, and then Last Shot, which just came out this year. You also have Bloodline. And then, it'll be, and then it's like Mandalorian. It's going to be around the same time that Last Shot takes place, because I think yeah. Last Shot's around two, three years after Jedi. Uh-huh. Ben Solo is just a, like a, a baby, basically, in right. the book, in the few scenes he's in. So this will be like the newest thing to Jedi. Like, it's... They're bookending that era right now, because you're gonna have Resistance at the one end with the movies, and you're gonna have Mandalorian at the other at the other end, closer to Jedi. Yeah. With those books, I've I've been dying for more of this era. But are you gonna buy a streaming service for one show? I am already sold on it. Uh, How much is a streaming service? They haven't said. Okay, because it's all gonna depend on if it's it can't be any more expensive than Netflix, because yeah. with Netflix you get a million shows. Yes. And they charge like. A pittance. It's like it's less than fifteen dollars a month to get Netflix with taxes. No matter. I think it's. Like, I think we pay eleven ninety nine. It's crazy. Yeah, I pay like fourteen, but I only got like. Yeah, a if Disney band. wants to charge like nineteen ninety five a month, sorry about your luck. I'll wait till the whole show. I, I, I mean, I'll, I, that'll be a dilemma for me because I'm not going to pay twenty dollars a month. Well, you can come over and watch it. Cause I'll have it for sure. <laughs> Good. 
without everything that could potentially be on a Disney streaming service. And again, they haven't specified. But you also have a yet. child that lives in your house too, say, so that I makes a lot the, more sense to you. I have kids, but my kids are uh, my my ten year old Karis isn't a big into really big into Star Wars and she's only with me once in a while she spends majority of her yeah. time with her mom my other two kids are like my daughter's 20 so <laughs> she doesn't watch she doesn't need a Disney streaming service anymore <laughs> maybe when she was a kid if it came out but no, for ahead. just me they're gonna have to make it either really cheap or you, or you pay by the show or like how much content you get yeah. because I I don't have much interest in the rest of it speaking of Iger like he's been watching Netflix very closely like he wants this to compete with Netflix so it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to get the details on it. The cost is is what I'm most curious about because if you think about it, if they're smart about it, you'll be able to I mean, I don't see if if you're spending if you're getting a streaming service for Disney, I'll be put it this way, if it turns out to be something that's not cheap like Netflix, if they make this something like 20 or 30 dollars a month. Oh god, no, we can't do that. Um, but I could see 20 almost, 19 bucks maybe or something like that. But if they did it that and they gave you access to everything Disney's ever done, I yeah. mean, from Steamboat, from Steamboat Willie to The Force Awakens, if you have everything that Disney's ever done on there, I'd actually pay probably 20 or 30 bucks a month because that's a lot that's of content. That's a lot of content, yeah. But it's um, very interesting too because, well... But if it's... See, that you'd have to give me that to make me pay any more than 15 bucks a month. The thing with them too is that they're very... Like they've always been very meticulous about what's available when. Concentrated effort on their part to make things in demand. Yes. Um, they used to do that. My sister would do that because she had the VHS because the special collection. Yeah. The Disney collection. And every year they'd put out a new classic. And, and she'd go there's always the it. commercials about, oh, it's going back to the vault. Better get yeah. it soon. Yeah. But VHS tape soon. And they still kind of do that to an extent too, because, like I said, my daughter watches a lot of Disney products. Between, between me being a Star Wars fan, and my wife being a big Disney fan, child at heart, and both of us loving Marvel, we're a Disney household. It's yeah. just they've worked their way into our wallets in our house. Yeah, <laughs> and trying to, you know, I've been trying to like show her all the classic movies and all the princess movies and whatnot, and some of them aren't available even through like the direct. Disney Movie Club, so they're very controlling about what's available when. They've so always done that, yeah. It's just I'd like. I'm curious does... as to how much content there's going to be on there. Absolutely, you know, yeah. big time. That's that and the price, and it's going to have to balance between the two of them. Um, that's like... uh, for the first little while. I'm gonna have. To, I'm gonna. I'm gonna feel this thing out. First little while, I'll come over and we'll watch the Mandalorian together. Yeah, and absolutely. Let's see. Yeah, because it does how, like how do you, off the cuff, how do you it makes more sense for you because you have a kid at home. Oh yeah, we're we're sold. You know what I'm, I mean? I'm doomed on that front. Yeah. Um, well, no, it makes sense for you if you have a, a a little one at home. That's a great a great thing to have. Especially for, with the amount of do, like, it's gonna like be I harder said, for them the to sell me on. Watch. It. Yeah, absolutely. Curious how they're going to walk that line between their vault approach, the always having something to watch approach of Netflix, yeah. and like how how are they going to release the episodes? Are they, is it going to be like? One week at a time. And that's, that's going to be another kicker for me, too. Because if it's one week at a time, then you're bleeding me. It should be binged, like Netflix. If, you watch, if he's watching Netflix like he says he is and he wants to compete with them, one of their biggest advantages is that when you get a 10-episode show, you get all 10 episodes. I can watch them in a Sunday if I want oh, to. Oh, Daredevil dropped last night. We watched three episodes in a go. And I love that. Yeah. If you're going to put them out weekly, good luck. Daredevil season three is great, by the way, so far. Is it? Yeah, three episodes in, really good. You know what, man? I'm so I'm so hooked on the Punisher. I still that, watch that. Oh man, it's so much better than it's even better than Daredevil, man. <laughs> it's it's way better actually. That guy that uh, oh, what's his name? The guy that played Shane on Walking Dead. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, he kills it as Frank Castle. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I saw um, an interview with him. I can't remember who interviewed. Oh, it was Joey Diaz, who's a friend of Joe Rogan. He has his own podcast, and he interviewed him, and. F- Damn it, I can't remember his name. That guy had some life experience. He was a really, uh, uh, a lot of respect after listening to his podcast. Mm-hmm. He was in jail several times um, for assault. Like, he was a, a scrapper, like a badass scrapper for a long time. But he, he was always a good actor, and he had to these small parts in movies, and then he finally hit it big. He, he was, uh, something happened where somebody was... Um, he was in a fight with somebody, and somebody got seriously injured, and he may have gone to jail for a lot of years, mm. but the guy woke up, and he didn't, and uh, he that he credits that moment to the turning point in his life, mm. where he focused on acting, and now he's he's made it, you know what I mean? So yeah, John Bernthal. That's right. That's his name. Yeah, I, and the thing is, I I never really I think it's just because he he played a guy that I dislike so well <laughs> that I thought I disliked him, Same but thing after with after Joffrey watching Game of Thrones, right? Like exactly. 
And then you see or you hear the people in the set talk, and they're like, no, he's like the nicest guy in the set. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, back to The Mandalorian. So the whole premise, as John Favreau originally posted on Instagram, here's the synopsis. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. It sounds just like an RPG. Yeah, it's it's his uh, it's his OC from <laughs> it's his playable character from the West End games, probably. Man, I can't. I'm just. There were so many. Like we're, we'll have my friend Gomer on the show at some point, and he's the guys. He was just an absolute genius when it came to running any RPG. Is easily the best game master I've ever even witnessed, let alone played under. He's so phenomenal. I really hope he picks it up again someday. But it's hearing that Favreau was basing it, or at least the the overall feel of it, off a RPG that he played, that's the coolest thing in the world, man, because yeah. we had so many cool games. We had so many campaigns that would have made great short stories mm. or miniseries or things like that, man. I was just, I'm not sure if that's like in total, entirely quantified. <clears throat> it's just like a speculation I heard somewhere. But uh, just the fact that you have someone I guarantee like if he Favreau, played it, he draws inspiration from it. Oh, I probably, guarantee probably. it. If you have someone like Favreau, who has got how many millions of dollars of box office revenue under his belt, very good at his job, take him and combine his passion for this, which probably he clearly has. Probably a billion, has. yeah. Like, if you look how excited he is posting this stuff on Instagram, he's got the passion for it. He take. That skill, that passion, that experience, and you he's combine a, it, and it's going to be fan. a fantastic show. The last person I expect to drop the ball is John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, and he's not—he's not directing any episodes, as far as we know. He hasn't said. I don't think he needs to. It would be nice to see just to. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, he's there all the time. Well, yeah, like I said, he's, all, he's on the set with Lucas. Has already stopped by the set and everything. Who knows, man? They've only—they haven't announced every director. And you know what? Maybe. Maybe he'll, he maybe he'll uh, direct the finale. You know, uh, um, they did say that Jaw Dave. Benny Filoni... and Weiss do that a lot in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They'll direct the last episode, or the episode nine. In yeah, case. or the, yeah, the penultimate episode. Um, yeah, they have said that uh, Dave Filoni is is directing the premiere. Yeah, it's about time, eh? So there's his live action debut. Uh, Take out Watiti is another yeah. one at some point. Thor Ragnarok. Um, looking looking forward to that Shane one. Shane Black, sure. isn't it? Shane Black? No, no, not, Shane, no, Black. not Shane Black. Who was I thinking of? There's somebody else. Um, Bryce Dallas, ah, Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter, right. from the Jurassic World movies and other things, is dreading episode. Quality talent in there, and that's not even without a that's without a cast list. Yeah, they have an impressive list for directors. Taika is a huge land. Yeah, like I would love to see him do like a movie. Well, we're getting it. It's like uh, Christian Harloff said this on Jedi Council. We're getting a ten-hour movie. And we're getting, close to it anyway. Like, yeah, just broken up into hour pieces with different directors. Like yeah. That's and, what I love about modern television. The first time I ever noticed it was with Carnival. The first time when you could have this literally like a 12 hour movie mm-hmm. um, and stretch it out over hour long episodes. Genius. Like television, I hate, I always hated syndicated television where it was a different story every week. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the Highlander. Like, so they kill an immortal every Friday. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> They're just lining it, up down the block. It doesn't work like yeah. that. You know, life doesn't work like that. I like TV shows, like, not just, you know, uh, the Star Wars show or Game of Thrones, but shows that, that follow a concise storyline from beginning to end, like Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones. Because you, like, you get like a, well, uh, like you say, you a get way more out of it. With a good arc you get the time to delve deep into things and really it's not condensed it. it doesn't have to be rushed yeah you know like marvel's been killing it you can spend that, two hours on character introduction instead of yeah. 10 minutes like game of thrones rome our marvel mcu shows yeah back in the day carnival dexter uh, actually dexter not so much it became syndicated there there wasn't really I think that's actually a bad example but breaking bad perfect yeah. example sticking the time to like set an arc for a season and just really explore it so like having that approach for star wars it's exciting alone, plus the pedigree behind the camera already. Like at this oh, point, oh god, yeah. At it's this point, be... I'm like, I'm, ex- I'm dying to see this, and I don't even know who the lead is or anything else beyond this brief story synopsis. So, yeah, we still don't, we still don't even have a like a lead character, not even a name. Yeah, not even a name, not even a gender. It's pretty vague. Could be anything. You know, you've got your feet in the ground when you can just announce directors. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Blow people away. And not, not even announced a, uh, just a showrunner and a director. Actually, the one, the one rumor going around is that Pedro Pascal. I heard that. Uh, could be involved. Well, Bryn Martell from Game of Thrones. And my God, he did such and a from, good job in from, season um, three of Game of Thrones. He did. He was also great in Narcos. I haven't watched that. Yet. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Mm. Great show. Great show. Um, if he, he's he involved, kills, I he kills would it. love to see him in Star Wars. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, he would remind me a lot of Diego Luna, because I think they're both Spanish. Um, I don't know if... Uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal. Um, I, don't, I think he's actually... I don't know if he's American or Mexican. But it would be cool if you had two uh, Latin characters anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's certain... It would be cool to have in the Star Wars universe. Because um, Diego Luna was the first, wasn't he? Yes. He was the first... Yeah, I believe so. You yeah. know what I mean? Like before somebody... that, you did. Well, before that, you didn't. Because he's from the, uh... Mexico, right? I'm not sure. I, I think he is actually. I think Diego Luna. No, you know what? I know he is because I remember him talking about it in an interview, and he was talking about talking to his father about it, and his father was so proud of him because he was he made it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's probably not an easy country to make uh, yeah, it as Mexican, an actor. He is Mexican. Yeah. So. Um, and Pedro is Chilean. Oh, is he really? Yeah. No doubt. Other, other way, Latin. It's a long way. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, well, I still I still want to see more Diego Luna. I still want them to go back and do more Cassian and or stuff. Oh, man, I he was... Love to see. I loved Cassian. That's, remember we were talking about that when Rogue One came out. Of all these characters, who would you like to see more of? And I, the first thing in my mind is, like, Cassian. I want those stories. Give me Cassian. It's because of K2 one right line. Yeah. For, there's one line in Cassian in that movie that... Um, and I think it was some of Diego Luna's best acting in the film, and that's the whole reason I want more of him, is when he was, when Jin was bitching at him about trying to kill her dad, and he looked at her, he said something like, he's like, you're not the only person who's lost anything. Mm -hmm. I've been in this battle or this fight since I was seven years old or six years old. And the way he says it, that was like, it gave me so much. I'm like, I want to know what happened when you were seven yeah. years old. Like, I want that story. You know what yeah. I mean? It's 100%. Yeah. I'd love to bring it back and an origin story on him. It'd be great. That's something you could do on a streaming service that would fly. I don't know if I'd risk a whole two-hour movie on a on a Cassian yeah, story, yeah. but on a streaming service with or a little lower he's budget. Involved in, yeah. Or yeah, it's, I'd love to see his his backstory. My my dream project for a, a Star Wars TV show is still like an anthology type thing where they're. I, I don't watch American Horror Story, but what they kind of do where the, each story each season is a separate. Story like those old, like those old Star Wars novels, like Tales from the Moss and Isley Cantina, yeah, yeah. Um, Tales of Tales of the Bounty Hunters. It's like well, he, this season's theme revolves around Cassian a lot. It's Cassian and K two before the events of Rogue One. K uh, two was such a great stuff. character. I like their bravery at killing off characters, but it sucks because you get these wicked characters introduced and then they're dead. Yeah, they got to do more with those people. Like Snoke. Like, did you learn nothing from older. Darth Maul? <laughs> you create this amazing character and you cut him in half at the end of the first movie well let's not, uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah if you come back to Pedro like if he is involved in the show and he's not the titular Mandalorian it would be cool if he was somehow connected to Cassian's planet right like it'd be cool to get them in a scene in like a flashback or something like maybe they connected yeah absolutely that'd be a great um, way to uh that would be a great way to use that diversity. You know what I mean? Great Make way them to from, sneak Diego Luna and Cassian back into it. Like actual like, countrymen from or from some world. Yeah, tying everything together. Be neat. What would be even cooler is if the Mandalorian is Boba Fett and Daniel Logan comes back. Yeah, I don't think he's going to let us ask about that. I don't yeah. think we, I, that's, that's, that's tough, man. Yeah, because Boba Fett has kind of put in an interesting place during the Aftermath novels. Um, he's not... Boba Fett isn't a character in Aftermath, but there are these little, there are the interludes where um, the, the character's name is Cobb Vanth. Yeah, he was friend. He knew Dengar, the armor. wasn't it? Well, yeah, in the, in the extended universe, he survived the Sarlacc pit and Dengar nursed him back to health. But in the Aftermath novels, in the interludes, someone finds a suit of armor from the Sarlacc pit, um, and it's not it's, it's not pitted clear and, it's at pitted all. with acid and yeah it's yeah. been it's there's like damage that's like recognizably boba fett but it's also been digested and like eaten at by the sarlacc and it's not really sure or it's not really clear at all if if boba fett was in the armor when it was found or what it, it someone's running around in that armor being a sheriff on tatooine so like 
is it Boba Fett? Is it Boba Fett under a different name? Is it just some other guy entirely? Yeah, I don't think if you're gonna bring that name back, you got to do it really carefully, mm. so you don't make it cheesy. Well, like I did, I for one thought Boba Fett was cool enough in the movies, but he was so minor, I didn't really latch onto him much. It was Until, just the, it was just the way the suit looked. That's what sold that character. It the looked biggest so thing for cool. me was afterwards when they started going into his later adventures. Like they started, they gave him like a, a two book series. And he kept popping up in other spots. And that's when I got invested in the character. Yeah. Was seeing what he did after all that. Um, and even, I didn't read the Legacy of the Force series that came out for the New, the New Jedi Order. But he helps train Jaina Solo to fight her brother. Because the Mandalorians were trained to fight Jedi. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They did so much to justify why he's cool in the surrounding canon. Like with the Mandalorians in Old Republic. I hope he's alive. Not because... Not because of the character himself, because of all the mystique that comes with it. Oh, I hope he, I, I hope the character is alive too. I just hope they do it right. I don't know if That's I'd bring way. it into the. You know, I was on council last week. They said something, something like that. Like, wouldn't the finale be cool if if. I think they said if Boba Fett shows up at the end of the finale mm. or something like or that's where you have a reveal or it's or at the end of he says what about if the first scene in the first episode like the pre-credit scene is somebody dragging that armor through the desert or yeah. something like that or yeah. somebody finding the first person who finds Boba Fett's armor that could be the, the finale or it could be the beginning of the show or yeah, you can throw some I, I think there'll be maybe if they are there'll be hints I don't think there'll be a Boba Fett reveal in season one I feel like at some point you have to address him though like if you're going to Make a show called The Mandalorian. But remember, Boba Jedi. Fett's not Mandalorian, though. He's from Concord Dawn. He wears the armor. Well, Neither was Jango. Mandalore is also like a culture where it's... I was watching videos on Star Wars Explained recently, and it's like Mandalore is more of a culture that can be adopted as well. I get that, but if you're going to call it The Mandalorian... There's a lot of great areas yeah. to explore with speculation right now. I'm like, okay, so Favreau drops... Technically, it could be Sabine. Yeah. There's no reason why it couldn't be Sabine. Put a pin in that one. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah like the, Favreau specifically mentions Django and Boba in his little tease thing. So is that saying, like, forget those guys. This is the Mandalorian. Or is that like, hey, remember these guys? There's a new Mandalorian. Like, look forward to them, like, tying together. Yeah, and I'm sure he loves the fact that it's so ambiguous. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, he was very... Yeah, he probably very, thought about uh, that tweet for a long time before he put it out there. He chose his words very carefully on that. <laughs> Certainly did. The Quarter Portion Podcast is sponsored by Heroes Comics, Southwestern Ontario's largest comic book and collectible store. Located in the heart of downtown London at 186 Dundas Street, Heroes specializes in new and vintage comics, along with action figures, statues, and collectibles of all types. Whether you're looking for Star Wars comics and toys, or the latest graphic novels, manga, and trade paperbacks, Heroes has something for fans of all stripes. For more information, visit heroescomics.ca. All right, we are back, and uh, yeah, we have, we have our first listener question for the week. Uh, our old friend Jay from Montreal uh, actually wanted to know, do you think there's going to be any well-known Mandalorian in the new series, like Sabine or any others? Which one would you like to see versus which one is the most inclined to be seen in the show, in your opinion? I think we preceded your question there, Jay. Yeah, Sabine is my number one pick. I would love 100%. To see, yeah, yeah, I would totally be in agreement. Yeah, get Jay, Tia Sakar on that set pronto. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Good question, Jay. Um, yeah, I'd have to go with Sabine. I mean, <laughs> you got to say, Boba Fett has to be in the equation. He has to be, right? You know what I mean? It's not that far removed from Return of the Jedi. You know, maybe he is. Maybe it is about Boba Fett. Who knows? You know, so if the character I'd like to see most would be Boba Fett, I actually would have to say that mm -hmm. for sure. I just don't think it will be. So in, realistically speaking, I'd say Sabine. Yeah, in terms of the most well-known Mandalorians, so you've got Sabine, but the ending of Rebels kind of, like, they might not want to throw her in because they've still got that plot line in their pocket from the epilogue of Rebels where Ahsoka shows up and the two of them are going to go off and do something. Yeah. So for that reason, I think they might hold back on it, although I, I would, like I said, I'd love to see Tia Sakaar play Sabine in live action. I want to see that now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you only you got a window on these things. You got yeah. to take advantage of it. Yeah, she'd be the right age to play. <clears throat> it's just Sabine like Daniel Logan. Um, even Sam Witwer. 
Yeah. You know, if you're going to put him in a Star Wars movie, you better do it soon. Yeah, absolutely. The guy looks like a superhero. He's like the perfect... <laughs> he's got that square Superman jaw. He's built like a tank. He'd be a perfect... Starkiller! Yeah, come on. Like, come on. He's right there. So Sabine, Boba Fett, I feel like they need to address his fate one way or the other. If they've killed him in canon, like if, he's, if he died in the Sarlacc pit in canon, it needs to be addressed and confirmed, and this is the place to do it. Yeah. Um... I hope they didn't. I hope that he's still around. And I hope he becomes a major part of the series at some point in a way that feels organic. That would be neat. Yeah, he could, you know what could be... I was actually thinking this, Chris. Um, I, I think you, it may come up as something like... Um, remember the end of Solo when Darth Maul showed up? Yeah. If, yes. I, that, that's, yes. I think, the way that I would like to see Boba Fett revealed... Like at the very end, as yeah. some shadowy figure at the very end. A season one do its own thing, yeah. and then bring him in for season two. And then you'll have the big push for season two, because we want to know more. So, yeah, Jay, Boba Fett number one is to be number two for me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Boba Fett is the most inclined to be addressed. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced he's going to be on the show physically, but I feel like that has to be addressed if they're going to kill him off for sure, or keep him alive. They need, they need to know. Yeah. Um, but the other well-known Mandalorian I could think of is Bo-Katan. Which uh, one's that? So That's Bo from Rebels, right? Yeah, Bo-Katan is from Clone Wars and Rebels. At the end of Rebels, Sabine leaves her and right. gives her the Darksaber, right. um, voiced by Katie Sackhoff. Was that Katie Sackhoff? That's Katie Sackhoff. Oh, I didn't know that. So, and again, you talk about your windows for having them play the characters in live <laughs> action. She's the right age to play Bo-Katan at that time. She's the most underrated it's, it's, she's been relegated to be... She's almost a B-movie actress, but she's awesome. Mm -hmm. Like Battlestar Galactica? She's a sci-fi queen. Yeah, Absolutely. Like. I love Katie Sackhoff. So, Arloff did a good one-on-one uh, -on -one interview with her. They're friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah hmm. they're buddies. And, of course, it would have been nice to have a little cameo from John Favreau's character at <laughs> Pre Vizsla, but uh, he met his fate during Clone Wars, I believe. Who's John Favreau's character? Uh, Pre Vizsla, another Mandalorian. I'm... I'm <clears throat> <laughs> I am admittedly not up to date on my Mandalorian... Or Clone Wars lore, but uh, yeah, Favreau voiced a voiced a Mandalorian on the sh on Clone Wars. Uh, so you mentioned Maul, which actually reminds me of another listener question here from Travis from Facebook. Thanks, Travis. Because of the cameo in Solo, I'd like to know if they make a Maul anthology film. What do you think it'll be about? Well, first of all, I would have to. Well, go ahead. First of all, get get Ray Park and Sam Witwer to that set. Post yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, a Maul anthology film be very interesting to see what I would like to see I want to know how he became the head of Crimson Dawn there's a whole big gap in his history there's so much you could tell from that that's a great question You, I want to know how um, like did, was it ever explained like how exactly he got his legs put back on Clone Wars kind of went because he just showed up and like he had he mechanical Clone legs Wars and he had the, like the spider legs but has it been I mean who pulled him out of the dirt you know what I mean? Because I think he went back. I, I, I've, again, I need to rewatch the Clone Wars before the. Because it's not season, like uh, Palpatine uh, didn't come back for him like he did for Anakin. Mm. You know, um, he, had a, he had a run with Palpatine during the Clone Wars, and I there's say, a lot. Might have been some Night Sister stuff, but anyways, like at the last he was seen on Clone Wars, I think he was on Mandalore. The new season of Clone Wars will probably have him fighting Ahsoka on Mandalore and getting his ass. Well, uh, actually, that fight was kind of spoiled in the Ahsoka novel. Well, we know he's dead. <laughs> well, we know he ultimately dies on Tatooine, but there's this gap between him kind of fighting for power of Mandalore to showing up on Rebels in like a broken mental state. There's this gap. And in, in, in between, we know he was the head of Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Um, with Dryden Voss working for him. What a great character. I don't, that's another character I loved. I love Paul Bettany. Well, Paul Bettany can do no wrong, I think. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, I I would have to say I want to see the, his rise to power in Crimson Dawn. That that would be the anthology film that I would want. Anyway, I think I'm gonna cheat on the answer here and kind of say I want to see not a mall anthology film, but a movie that throw that on the streaming that service deals with Crimson Dawn in a bigger sense. Okay, my ideal solo sequel isn't about Han Solo, isn't about Darth Maul, but it's about that whole side of the universe. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be focused Maul, on any one of them. Exactly. Maul and Han can be parts in it. More like a Pulp Boba Fiction. Fett can be part, you know what I mean? part of it. it could be like Java. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Like, that kind of story setup, mm. that kind of storytelling. Like, I, I think you can make a really great underworld gangster film 
that manages to tell the story of Maul and Crimson Dawn and Kira, ending with Maul being left on Malachor to be found on Rebels, um, and resolving Kira's fate, whatever that is. Um, Han getting in with Jabba, starting to work for him, starting to lose that idealism that we see in him in Solo, starting to turn him into the Han Solo that we know in New Hope 10 years Yeah, later. exactly. Yeah. There's 10 years between Solo and A New Hope. And you saw it begin at the very end of the film when he shot first. Yeah, exactly. Which was a great move, by the way. <laughs> Still praising them for that. I one. could have stood up and cheered when that happened. So, Yeah, so yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Maul in a bigger piece, I think, that... You can't that tease stuff. that and not bring him, but that's the one thing that really bumped me out about Solo being such a, a miss, I think a misunderstood film, in my mm -hmm. opinion, um, because it had such a great ending. Like it was, it, I love the end of that film, and that's what I'm most critical of in films, is a great beginning and a great ending. The middle can really drag, but if you, if you, if you start strong and end strong, you know, you you probably have me. And that movie had it. I liked the beginning of Solo. I really liked it. And I thought the end was fabulous. And it's, it's a shame that that might get thrown into the into the garbage because mm. they thought the movie was a failure. And it wasn't a failure. It was an awesome movie. Oh, it yeah, just, it just came out at the wrong time and you had, you picked the wrong director at the beginning. It was such a complicated situation too because like there were people who were like, well, Solo is dead. I don't care. And like, oh, it's not Harrison Ford. Yeah, you're not care. a real fan then. Yeah. Sorry, then you're, you're not the Star Wars fan than I am. Yeah, it's it's. You're, that person's probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The timing, like of the box office, sucked. The timing versus Last Jedi. It was a perfect storm of shit. <laughs> it was just up against every <laughs> Unfortunately, obstacle. It was, you know, and it was a very solid film. Like I said in our reviews, it's not my favorite film, but I love a lot about it, and it's a very solid, fun Star Wars adventure, which is definitely something I think we needed. And actually, one thing that came out this week, I still haven't watched it, and I don't think I really want to because this technology scares the living hell out of me. But someone was able to map Harrison Ford's face onto Alden's body in Solo. <laughs> they were talking about that on Jedi Council. Yeah, someone sent, uh, someone sent it to it was, me. And... It's, you can tell it's bad. He says, but it, it, if you think about what they did in row one with Peter Cushing mm -hmm. and Leia in uh, at the end of Rogue One, like... We're not far off from being able to do that, but I think that I, it takes so much away. He's got to feel like such a, like, like imagine how all Nerdrank feels. Well, I, I, I think it seems kind of validating to me in that, it, like, from what everyone's saying is that you can tell he had the mannerisms of Harrison Ford. Down. That's actually kind of cool. Like, um, it's not, like you can't make him look exactly like Harrison. I think it was Napsok that said that on Council. Yeah. I think he said that very thing. I think he was like, yeah, the mannerisms. Something about the way he carried himself and the way he acted it out. It's like, actually, he was a lot closer than people think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, you can only, you can only go so far with makeup and stuff. Yeah. To make and you have like to, I mean, movie, if you but... can't suspend your disbelief long enough for to watch a two-hour movie about somebody playing a younger... Like, come on. It's like um, Daniel Logan doesn't look like... Um, who was the, who's the, well, the, the actor kind of that played? Uh, they, they're similar. Tamara Morrison, yeah. But they're supposed to be a clone. Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be exactly the same person. <laughs> but I could handle Daniel Logan as Boba Fett and not bat an eye at it. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? I'd prefer it. Mm. In fact, if anyone deserves it, it's him. Absolutely. absolutely. You know? so Hands down. Yeah. The gentleman we're going to get to meet next yeah. week, which is really cool. More on that. Tomorrow, yeah. yeah. To be continued. I love answering questions. So much fun to not have to come up with topics. Oh, I know, yeah. So please, guys, if you know, and girls, ask questions because we really like doing it. It's a lot less setup and preparation for us, <laughs> and we can just get get into a conversation with you, kind of in the ether. So please, we, ask we love more the questions. prompts. Yeah, I mean, you and I can sit here and I'd, I'd stream like to a do, consciousness all the we time. We got enough questions. I do every other episode just on fan questions. That's it. Yeah. So. Your thoughts and opinions are worth 60 portions to us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, our last question today, our last topic, uh, comes from my friend Derek, uh, who wanted to know, any thoughts on possible upcoming Star Wars video games, especially with a game like Star Wars 1313 being canned? Any games you'd like to see made? Yeah, the, definitely. I the, think that um, I'm not pre-buying anything anymore. Um, I've <laughs> fool me once, fool me twice. But there's some some star some of Star Wars games that have come out in history have been some of the best games of all time, like Knights of the Old Republic mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um, The Force Unleashed and things like that. I I don't know. Um, I I don't want to see another Battlefront. 
Um, I, I'm tired of these first-person shooters, but they, I guess the last Battlefront, and I didn't get a chance to play the, the latest one, but you say that it had a really good campaign the mode. The campaign was... The story was good enough, but the gameplay was a little... Oh, was it? It was a little simple. But yeah. It's not necessarily a bad kind thing. Kind of hack and slash? It wasn't a bad thing. It, well, run and shoot, but yeah, hack and slash. It did, like it, it did some neat shooter, kind of? Well, there was some well, neat I mean, little... the game was, so it would have to be, right? Yeah. There were some neat little interlogs where you actually played as like Han and as Luke that had some really cool story applications, but for the most part, it was kind of a generic shooter campaign. Okay, I'll get, if I, I think I have an answer now then. After listening to you say that, you kind of inspired me, an answer out of me. Um, there's a video game that's, that came out for PlayStation. I watched my son finish it when I still can't pass the first three <laughs> levels. My 17-year-old just walks through it. It was called The Last of Us. Right. And it, from the storyline, the characters, the gameplay left a little to be desired, but to tweak that just a bit and put that engine anyway, mm-hmm. throw any Star Wars into it, and, and you've got me. If you could take the, the, the style uh, and, um, and flow and kind of engine of The Last of Us and apply that to a Star Wars story of any kind, right. I think you'd have a really good game if you got the writing good enough. Last of Us is a modern classic, yeah. So if you're taking so inspiration good. from that, then yeah, you're going to be doing pretty well. You're playing a movie. Yeah. You're playing a movie, and it's emotional. Like it, there, there's there's real drama in it and real um, uh, real identifiable characters. So I've, I've, only, I've only gone to the first part of the game myself. Cam but. finished it like on a Saturday and Sunday morning <laughs> oh at my house. God. I couldn't. He now he he played the hell out of it. But yeah. I had so much fun actually sitting there watching my kid play it because I started to play it for a little while and he was like, "Dad, do you want me to do that part for you?" <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, you know what? Just take the reins, finish the game." And he got, like, every trophy. Like, he finished it. I, I really so. wanted someone to take the wheel for me in that freaking basement of the subway station. <laughs> Damn yeah. clickers. I, ugh. Yeah. Anyways. But, uh, but a, an incredible game. Or that kind of intensity of the script, too. Like, mm-hmm. that would be fantastic for Star Wars. Yeah. You really start uh, fearing for the characters. You're yeah. not just, okay, if I die, I have to complete two more levels. It's, it's more like a, you know, watching a horror film. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You mentioned not wanting to see any more Battlefronts. I don't think we need to the way with the way Battlefront Two set up, where they are rolling out the content. Yeah, um, that's true. And it's actually like the you game just keep has plugging come down. more things into it. The game has come down in price too. Like I think it's probably twenty thirty bucks right now. Oh, I might go buy it then. Yeah, it's <laughs> like for twenty thirty bucks. I paid full price for it day one, and it was not worth it then per se. That's the problem, man. I'm don't. I'm not pre buying anything, and I'm not but, downloading content anymore. But Battlefront Two, they kind of just chug along the way it's going. They're adding the prequel characters this month. Um, they can just keep rolling content into that thing, keep it going as a platform, which is something yeah. the game industry is doing right now. That's a different topic altogether. Yeah. Speaking of games as a service, I think my my main answer for this is I want to see a game like Destiny, but Star Wars. I've been playing the crowd of Destiny since it came out. Like, I'm, I'm not like a, I don't do like the high end content and everything in that game. But um, have you even have you played Destiny? No. So basically, like it's based. Around our solar system, and I, the lore is too deep and to go into right now. But basically, like you go to different planets in our solar system, you can explore, do raids. There's a campaign mode and whatnot. You get upgrades for your gear, makes you stronger, gets you access to different raids and different different things. You're gradually increasing your strength and getting access to harder content. I like I when playing Destiny two recently, I was thinking if you did this in the Star Wars galaxy, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Because you could hop to Hoth, you could hop to Tatooine, you could mm-hmm. hop to Jakku, you could do this and do That's that. That's a PC game, right? Uh, it's on everything. It's all. It's on Xbox and PS4. Is and it? PC, yeah. Cool. Um, really great. A really fun game. Um, but especially if you can get like a fire team of three together, it'd be aces. But the, the potential for Star Wars to do something like that is just so great. You have a almost infinitely replayable thing on your hands there, I think. Um, especially because like there's... One weapon class is like a sword so you're, for your power weapon. Like you just it, it goes like third person. You run around, you just attack people up. If there, if there was some kind of lightsaber for that, yeah. that'd be great. You can put all the blasters you want in there. Um, That'd be so easily interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that game out then. Now again, it's uh, actually it was, it was it's just called Destiny. Uh, Destiny Two is the current one. Um, Destiny One is still online, but it's 
Um, one of my favorite Star Wars games of all time was the TIE Fighter games on, on Oh, man, uh, on that was PC. The, the, absolutely, man. I used to play that. Yeah, and that's what I want. feel to really see. old, man. I played that on like a, a 286. I still, have a jo- <laughs> I still have a joystick in my possession <clears throat> solely for that game if I want to break it out. TIE Fighter was great. It had a great campaign, too, actually. Um, Thrawn's in it. What? Thrawn is in the campaign for TIE Fighter. The game must have come later because I played... Well, there the, first, that... the first TIE Fighter that I played, it played came out before... Was it TIE Fighter or was it X-Wing? Oh, maybe it was X-Wing. Because they did X-Wing, they See, did TIE Fighter. See, I don't remember Fighter. Thrawn in it, but I remember playing that. Man, I'm talking pre-internet. Mm-hmm. Pre-internet. So, 90... Oh, man. Early 90s. You probably played X-Wing. I'm, I'm thinking like 1992, 93... That I was that I played the first one, so maybe it was X Wing. Well, well it depends what kind of ships you're flying as too, because X Wings and Tie Fighters. That's it. Or it, I don't even know if I. Yeah. Or maybe you played X Wing versus Tie Fighter, which was like the third in the series. You know, I could have been that. I I, been I that. only played Tie Fighter, but there was a great campaign in that. They're all pretty that. much the same though. The same engine. Yeah. Just different campaign, different ships available to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like in, a, in the campaign, you're an Imperial pilot, of course, and you're coming up in the ranks, and like you gradually get. Interested to take on harder missions and yeah. with better ships like the, like, like the Tide Defender. Right. So you'd like to see something like that, except modernized. Yeah. Just like there was a focused. there was a cool campaign in that like there was like a tra- there was traitors in the ranks of the Empire. I'd rather fly the ships in Battlefront than be on the ground. Oh, I in Battlefront too. I haven't played in a long time, but most of my playtime online is the ship mode. Yeah. And it's kind of shallow. Yeah. Or at least if it was when I played, they might have changed it since. I don't know. Which kind of shallow? What do you mean? The the Starfighter mode is kind of. It's not. It leaves a bit to be desired. It's better than the first one. Yeah. The first I, one I, had a weak Starfighter mode. This one's kind of better, but still not what I wanted. I want Tie Fighter as a yeah. thing, and it's not that. I want the entire engine to be dedicated to a ship, not split between a ship and a first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that'd be that'd be cool if they could come out with something like a ship dedicated. A Starfighter, yeah, for sure, great, and to or deal even with, a, with the depth of Tie Fighter would be just perfect. Even a pod racing game would be cool. Yeah, as much as I didn't like the pod racing in Phantom Menace, the game that they came out with was pretty cool. Yeah, it's neat. I'm not normally a big racer fan either, so that I was interested in it was like says quite a bit. So, actually, there was a product or project I heard about recently where they were they were reskinning X Wing, like the original game, right, with modern graphics. No doubt. And if you had access, if you had access to a legit copy of X Wing, you could download this mod onto it. Really? Yeah. Who the hell's got a legit copy of X Wing anymore? They're on um, digital downloads. Are they? Yeah, I've, I've got I've got Tie Fighter and everything on my computer. Oh, very cool. Yeah. That would be. I'd do that. Yeah, yeah, that would, I do that. Like, this is exactly. But what you'd, I want you'd have this old engine with this wicked graphic. <laughs> it would be like, uh, have you seen Ready Player One? I haven't. I've read the book, but I haven't seen the movie. Yet. Okay, you read the book. Well, there's a scene at the beginning where she's got the the, the bike from Akira, mm. like the motorcycle from Akira, and the guy's commenting, "Oh my God, she's got the I can't remember what it's called. Sorry, I, sorry, fellow nerds, I can't remember what the actual name of the bike is from Akira, but he's like, you got the X721, and the guy says in his ear, he guess it's only a skin. Her bike's actually a blah 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 blah. It's just a weakling little bike, but it's got this shell on it to make it look like that. <laughs> That's the way the Tie Fighter would be because you'd have this old. 25-year-old <laughs> video game with these amazing graphics. I should find the video of um, Thrawn in the TIE Fighter campaign because he shows up to help deal with the insurgents in the, within the Empire. And right, right, right. There's this whole mechanic where there were secret missions or secret objectives on missions and if you did enough of them, this shadowy figure would start showing up in the halls before your briefing. Neat. He's like an, he's like an, an envoy from the Emperor right. himself. So the worse you start doing, the closer he gets to you? No, no, the better. The oh, better the better, you. okay. So the more of these secret objectives you do... Because I would have thought... Like, I'd you be... get brought into the inner circle of Palpatine. And I like, see, gotcha. They start, like, they give, they like give you this Vader, tattoo on Vader your arm. coming closer as you yeah, start, no, to, no, start to mess up. Eventually, he just <laughs> chokes you to death. Like, the, the there's this one screen where you're talking to him, like, it shows, like, your arm. And you get this, like, special brand... And like the better rank, the bigger the brand gets. And I was like, I was addicted to like beating Palpatine's best Neat. dog. Neat. So yeah, to answer your question, give me uh, give me a new Tie Fighter game that's actually a yeah, that would be Star cool. That would be cool. And Destiny was Star Wars. Okay, so thanks to Jay, Travis, and Derek. Derek, keep the questions coming. Let's, yeah, we love that. Was great. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to answer your questions. We'd love to. It's a lot more fun to just banter and um, you know be surprised by some questions. So. Yeah, keep them coming. Keep them coming, please. Uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, our special announcement, too. Uh, we are going to be at London Comic Con this weekend, uh, October 27th. 
Well, the show runs October 26th through the 28th, Friday through Sunday. But on the 27th at 11.15 a.m., Pat and I are going to be hosting the Q&A panel with Daniel Logan himself. I can't wait, man. Uh, We're going to meet Boba Fett. Yeah. We're going to meet Boba Fett. We're going to share a stage with him, share a conversation with him, and hopefully share some audience questions with him, too. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. We'll be at the con all weekend. Yeah, come kind of, say hello. Yeah, promoting our Quarter Portion podcast. We'll be doing some recordings. We'll, we'll have our own booth there. So if you want to come around and ask us a question personally or just come to meet us, take a card. Um, come show us your cosplay. Totally, if you're a cosplayer, please come to our booth. We want to take pictures with all of you. <laughs> yes. It's going to be fantastic. One. We're really looking forward to it. And yeah, man, we get to interview Boba Fett. Yeah, don't miss the panel, 11 to 15 on Saturday morning. Yeah, and I'm not sure where the panel's going to be, whether you're going to, it's a separate room or um, whether it's going to be kind of a stage to the whole con, but it's certainly going to be first come, first serve for being close to the stage. Yeah, so. it's going to be, uh, it's my first con. Me too. I haven't been to a convention at all, so... Me too. So we're, it's like a back, baptism by <laughs> fire, man. That's not only our first Comic-Con, but we're, we have the responsibility of hosting a panel. Yeah, so, and it's going to be hard not to sneak away from our table to go play uh, games at the Game Cycle booth. Oh, I think we'll be taking turns. <laughs> ah, okay. uh, Brendan has already, uh, if he's not wor- any days he's not working, he's volunteered to watch the table while we have to do something. Nice. So, yeah. So, yeah, come by, see us. Uh, you might get to meet Brendan instead. Yeah. We'll be around. Um, we'll be around all weekend, so... Yeah, please come by, say hello. We want to get pictures with all the, with all the cosplayers. We want to meet all of you, talk Star Wars, and just enjoy the experience. Yeah, we'll be recording. We'll be kind of recording on and off all weekend, and we'll probably make a few podcasts out of that content. So come on up and uh, sit down with us for a few minutes and pick up a mic and talk to us mm-hmm. and ask us some questions, and we'll just include that conversation on the yeah. podcast. So yeah, please come with us and support London Comic Con. Well, that's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like it and tell a friend, or better yet, leave us a review on iTunes, please. Got a question or comment on today's episode or anything else in the Star Wars universe? Tell that to Kyber Club. And by that I mean drop us a line on Twitter, at Kyber Club, or on Facebook at the Quarter Portion Podcast official page, or on Instagram at the Quarter Portion Podcast. Your opinions and questions are worth 60 portions to us. Ask a question and we'll gladly answer it on the show. Check out www.kyberclub.com for all our contact information as well as our blog. You can find me on Twitter at Django Fletch and on YouTube at Wilderness Wisdom. And I'm on Twitter at Hookathy, and you can actually tune in in a few weeks. Um, I'll be doing the Extra Life uh, charity event, uh, 24-hour video game marathon. Get involved on, in that. Uh, on November 10th, drop by the stream, just say hello. If you, got the, if you have some cash and you, can, and you can donate to children's hospitals in our area... Please do so. We'll be hugely grateful. But you don't have to. You don't. You don't, you don't even have to do that. Come by the stream. Say hello. Uh, we'll be playing. I'll be hopefully playing something Star Wars at some point. Playing some Jackbox. Playing some Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time. Watching us. Watching me and my friends yell at each other. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be a great time. So check that out. Um, you can find details on my Twitter page at Hugafi. Um, my team is called Guild Two Taps, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Maybe one with the Force. May the Force be with you. The Quarter Portion Podcast is a production of CopperClub.com.